Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right, y'all, we're back. We're back. We're back. I I did a Jill Fit workout the other day. I didn't what? tell you this yet. Oh my gosh. It was an older one. It was, uh, I don't know. I was looking through my phone and like saved workouts and it was 10 burpees, 10 kettlebell swings, 10 push press, and then you go 999-888-777. That mm. was three days ago and I my chest and triceps are still burning. I'm like, now I can't work out for five days. This is the biggest problem <laughs> I've had is doing a workout and I've been really good the last two weeks of doing just a little bit so that I'm not sore and I could keep being consistent. And then I was like, fuck, there goes my consistency because I couldn't move my arms for two days. <laughs> you but, should do lean 60. We're starting, we're ramping up slowly. Oh, it's, man. You guys should get in the group. We got a nice group of people checking in every day. Dude, I need it to be so slowly, apparently. I, well, you I, know, there's a lot of people who are like kind of de- deconditioned in there, which is good. The first two weeks we call primer week. So they're full, more full body, but like lighter. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get into more like overload and stuff. So <sighs> God bless you. Well, I went God to a massage. I went to a massage yesterday and it didn't, didn't help. I was like, you know, massage therapists are interesting. I part, part, Partly because I just go to random ass places, but I went to this Asian place uh, a couple of times and I've been getting the same person. So he's usually really good this time I wasn't even sure if it was him because he had a hat on and a mask and mm-hmm. I was like was that the same guy I couldn't tell from just his eyes so maybe he was different and that's why my massage wasn't as good or maybe he had an off day but what wasn't good about anyway, it anyway uh I just felt like he just was on my back the whole time not touching any other body parts and I'm like I needed my chest and my triceps and my lats like I just felt like he was doing the middle of my back over and over and over and over. I was like, okay, what else? <laughs> There's more, much more things. My neck, even my sho- like my shoulders, my trap. It was just weird. It was like erector spinae all day. I was like, okay, this is boring. And for it was a 90 minute massage too. So wow. it was a lot. It was a long time to be just no, you're focused, sure your back's loose. Focused on one area. So anyway, so this uh, episode today, we're gonna call it Daddy Issues. Um, and you know what's funny? I really don't know exactly what daddy issues is. We like you see these jokes about in like dating, and I kind of maybe do know what daddy issues are. But um, my boyfriend suggested this one, but he said you should I should talk about daddy issues. And I go, I don't really know exactly what that is, but he said it might be interesting to talk about how our father impacts who we choose as a partner, for better mm-hmm. or for worse. And this was maybe brought up in conversation because I've been working with a relationship uh, coach for the last year about, and she's really big on feminine and masculine dynamics and how they show up. And I remember I actually started working with her after I left my marriage. And I really thought that I had chosen someone completely opposite of my dad. Like there were things about him. I was like, I don't want that in a partner. I don't want that in my husband. And so I married this man who I was certain was the complete opposite. And as we got doing some deep work with this coach, she was like, you married your father. And I was like, no. <laughs> and I'm so, assuming your dad doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, he doesn't listen to the podcast. And it's not, it's not that my dad's a bad guy. He's amazing in a lot of ways. He's a very hard worker. 
but he's not ambitious. And there, there's just a lot of things. And we'll go into this deeper when we when we get into it. But I thought it was very interesting how our our parents really affect who we choose as partners. And sometimes it's we go for the opposite or we think the opposite or we find someone exactly like them. And you hear this all the time. You're like, oh, she married her father or, you know, he married his mother. And we're looking in these, we we tend to look or repeat these relationships in our partnerships, whether it's to fix something we didn't get as a child or whatever. I don't know. I think we should, we'll have to have like a therapist or we'll have my coach on here at some point to talk about this more. But I thought it would be interesting to see and even ask you what you think as far as, you know, you've been with multiple Mm -hmm. different long-term relationships Mm -hmm. and I have as well. And I think maybe I've definitely thought about my dad and, and how I want my partner to be with him and, you know, how he is versus what I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's probably some truth to that. Right. So, I mean, I think about if, if you just think about you, the primary sort of like if we're talking about heterosexual relationships, if you're a woman and you're interested in men, you probably like your primary like male sort of example in your life was your father, you know, for, for better or for worse, depending on like what that was. And I think so we probably on some level, we seek out familiar more than anything else, right? So that makes sense. I mean, I feel like that's probably a defense mechanism or like a safety feature to say, you know what? And we don't do this consciously, by the way, just like you were saying, like, you know, if you married someone who's very similar to your dad, but you consciously were like, that's not my goal. Um, I think some for some people, they really like want to find a partner who's exactly like their dad because they have a great relationship with their dad. So, you know, and I have a great relationship with my dad too. And, but also my dad is a human, just like, just like my mom is a human and just like we're humans, you know? So it's, I think that if anything, we probably on a subconscious level go, this feels familiar. And we're not like, it's because he's just like my dad or he does things like my dad or like he has the same character traits. I don't even think you're thinking that consciously about your own dad. You know, I don't think about my dad in that way. I'm like, what kind of human is he? Like I just don't, that, you know, growing up, you never really thought about that. That's why I think so much of this happens subconsciously. It could be like, to your point, you wake up and you've been this for 10 years and you're like, holy shit, I married my dad. <laughs> Once you had that insight, right? I don't think that most people, 99.9% of people don't seek it out. It might just end up that you get into a relationship and you go, wow, once you have that awareness, you go, oh yeah, this person is really like my father. And I probably, I probably liked this person or was attracted to this person because of this, there's some familiar traits. So even if there are traits about your dad that you don't love, you might still find yourself seeking those out subconsciously because they are familiar, right? Mm-hmm. So at least you know it's not unfamiliar. It's not like uncharted territory. It's not as unpredictable, right? We like want predictability in our relationships and we go, oh, I know what this means. When this person acts like this, I'm, I'm familiar with that scenario or I've, I've dealt with someone like that before. Maybe I could, whether you, you want to consciously or not, does that make sense? So it's like, I think oftentimes you don't notice it till you look up and you're like, wow, there are. And so for me, I do believe that my ex-husband is very similar to my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur. He was someone who definitely valued autonomy. He was someone who, um, you know, definitely was, he uh, like bucked the norm within his family, you know, grew up in a large Irish Catholic family and definitely, you know, didn't necessarily stay in his hometown. He wanted to travel. He wanted to get out. He wanted to have experiences. And I feel like my ex-husband was very much that way. He was an entrepreneur. He was, uh, you know, an independent thinker, just like my dad was. And, you know, and then, and 
you know, it's hard because it's like some character traits are like quote unquote good and maybe some are quote unquote problematic. And you kind of look at, you know, the good with the bad, quote unquote bad. And it's not that there's necessarily like a bad trait. It's just like, cool, that might have not been something that I want again. And so now being in my relationship with Keith, we've been together like almost five years now. He, in my estimation, it actually feels more similar to my stepdad, which is interesting. And my stepdad and my dad are very opposite. And so when I think about that, I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of similarities here. Of course, there are a lot of differences as well. But whereas my dad was, I would say, a little bit less predictable, he was someone who, you know, he just, again, valued autonomy, wanted to make independent choices and was very much like his own sort of person. Um, I feel like my stepdad very much values safety, security, um, you know, just uh, like in a lot of ways. And so part of me, I think part part of moving relationships or deciding like, yeah, my my marriage didn't work out. This this set of characteristics didn't work out for me. So maybe I have to find the opposite of that. And it's mm. funny because I actually made the mistake of dating someone after my husband who was like, exactly like my husband, but on steroids, like the, all mm. the worst parts of him were like, like just exponentiated. And I was like, okay, message received. Like <laughs> I had to go like one step further to see like the worst version of like those character traits. And then finally arrive at what I consider to be someone who is more solid, who is more, um, more traditional in a lot of ways, values, safety and security a little bit more, isn't an entrepreneur, doesn't really have the desire to do that. Someone who still like ha- is independent thinker, but definitely values more like traditional values a little bit more. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. And you're right. I I don't think anyone thinks about I'm looking for my dad out here. <laughs> it's <laughs> that might be actual daddy issues. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's like but, a little bit too much. <laughs> I think I think when people talk about daddy issues, it's like the father that wasn't there. And so someone's looking for like this father figure in their relationship that they never had. Um, you know, it's it's really interesting as I get older, and I don't know if you found this as well in yourself, but there are times where I catch myself either saying something or doing something, and I'm like, oh my God, that was just like my mom, or that's something my dad mm. would have done. And mm. I'm seeing these pieces of me that, like when you're younger, you're like, I'm never going to act that way. I'm never going <laughs> to be like this. And something will come out of my mouth, and I'm like, oh, oh God, that was just my mom that just said that. Like, that was not me. That flew out of my mouth and that was her or that was my dad and I'm finding these things more and more and recognizing you know uh with my partner now you know I I met Jeff's parents too and I can see what parts he gets from them and it's very fascinating to see your partner's parents and who they take on and and also see what parts of them I was gonna say do you feel like like Jeff is with his mom no I don't I don't but this is it's so interesting because it's I feel like maybe his ex could have been um and what's really interesting is I, I think my brother is with someone who's very much like my mom and they seem opposite on in some things like my mom is very very neat and my sister in law is not but in their overall, like who they are as being like crafty and being really caring for people, like these things were very, very similar. So while same thing with my ex-husband and my dad, I thought that they were different because they, they like liked different things. And my ex-husband was actually really clean and OCD and my dad's not, but it was like the underlying things that they were similar in, in their ambition and in the way they showed up to like how they showed up to work and what they felt in, in the family. So it's really interesting mm. to see, like you almost have to peel back some layers because sometimes we, sometimes we see the, like the surface and you're like, they're not alike at all. 
they, you know, one of them really likes football and sports and my dad hated sports. Well, it's like, it's not about, it's not about that. It's like, how do they show up all the way around? And like, what are their deepest values? Like you said, valuing security and safety versus, you know, autonomy and independent thinking and stuff like that. So I think those are the pieces that are generally where we're more drawn to. And I think it usually goes one way or the other. It's either we're, we're drawn to subconsciously the familiar or we are looking for the opposite because either we didn't get what we needed or we rejected it because we hated it so much that we're looking for the opposite. But mm-hmm. it's the, I also find the irony in that I thought I found the opposite and it really was mm. ending up being the same. So sometimes I think it's those surface level things that we think the opposite, like, oh, he didn't like sports and my dad did or vice versa. And it really wasn't those things at all that were the opposite. It's actually the underlying values and how they show up. That's yeah. the part that the familiar is being attracted to. It's funny. I think um, I think I'm exactly like he's mom. Like, mm. And I've even said that to him. I'm like, do you? I've, I was like, I think your mom and I are very similar. Do you think that? And he's like, he's like, in some ways, you know. And he's been like, but I, he's like, I feel like you're warmer, you know. But he's just like his mom was very. Um, she wasn't really like maternal at all. She wasn't really like a nurturing mom. She never like cooked dinner. That wasn't her thing. She was very much like very sweet woman. Like I really liked her. She passed away two years ago. Um, but, and I got to spend a lot of time with her luckily before she passed away, but she was very much, um, I don't want to say she was cold, but she definitely had a little bit of a wall up, but she was a little bit goofy at times, but she was always very interested and very smart and things like that. And I was like, I think I'm just like your mom. And this is funny to see because- I don't know. I just think we do that. We're just, again, yeah. we're like, we're just drawn to the familiar. And so I can definitely see where, whereas with my ex-husband, I don't feel like I was anything like his mom, mm. you know? And it's an ironic because he's actually, I think he's with someone now who's very much like his mom, which, you know, I mean, I think, and he loves his mom. And he has a great relationship with her. So that makes sense. That's super interesting. My ex, I never met her mom, his, her mom. I met, I never met his mom because she passed away years before uh, I met him. So I don't know how similar or not it was to his mom. But as far as Jeff's mom, it's interesting because our moms are very similar. I feel like Jeff's mom is just a quieter version of my mom, which was very interesting for us both when we connected. We were like, whoa, your mom and my mom have a lot of similarities, which I think also goes to the um, being attracted to the familiar. So Mm -hmm. we had this, maybe it was the trauma bond that we had, (laughs) but, but we definitely noticed that that was a similarity, but yeah, I I'll have to think and see if there's any more similarities, but I don't think I'm too close to his mom. Although I do have, I do have traits of my mom. I see more now. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's very fascinating. Let me ask you this. Like, you know, there's, um, this idea that, and, and Jade, my ex-husband actually calls it your seed story your seed story. And actually when I was working a lot with my, one of my mentors, like I consider him sort of my mindset mentor, his name is Julius. When I was working with him, you know, 10, 12 years ago, his thing was that oftentimes we try to recreate on a subconscious level, right? We recreate or we manifest um, in our lives without even knowing it, these scenarios, our seed story, right? Our seed story. So, you know, um, and it's interesting because my dad and I have had a lot of conversations lately, um, about, you know, his younger years and some of the things that he did when I was a kid and things like that and how those things sort of impacted me. And it was interesting to get his perspective because, like I didn't know at five years old how a 35 year old man was making his decisions. Right. But I made his decisions about me 
and about I'm not good enough because, I mean, long story short, my dad ended up moving uh, to like moving away to a different state when I was five. My parents had divorced. They'd been divorced for a few years. And at the time, I wasn't consciously like, my dad doesn't love me. Like, I didn't do that. But I think I took it on as a five-year-old. I think you take it on because you think, well, if I was good enough, if my dad loved me, then he would not be moving away, right? Like, we can't understand at five years old or even 10 years old or 15 even. And so, but then you become an adult and you're like, oh, that dude was just doing what he needed to do. I had absolutely nothing to do with me. And so we've had a lot of really like healing conversations in the last couple of years around stuff like that. Things that I didn't even notice I sort of took on. But because of something like that, you could, if you wanted to go deeper with it, go, wow, maybe I have some abandonment issues. Or maybe on a subconscious level, my seed story is that you know, men leave me or, you know, as an example, right? I don't really mm-hmm. believe that for myself, but I could, if I wanted to, take on that story and, you know, and also say like, you know, men can't hold it down or they're always, you know, going to do what they need to do for them or they're never going to show up for me or they're never going to be solid for me, right? Like, so these are all just different iterations that you could decide to take on. And so a lot of people believe that if we have that story of I'm not good enough, right? If I was good enough, my dad would have stayed. If I was good enough, you know, this would have happened. If I was good enough, whatever. And then we sort of go out and try to, and this is Julius's idea. He was like, we kind of go out and recreate a scenario to continue making ourselves feel not good enough. Because then if my husband cheats on me, mm-hmm. I get to say, see, I knew I wasn't good enough, right? See, I knew I wasn't good enough. If I was good enough, my ch- my husband wouldn't have cheated on me, right? So it was like, so when I was working with Julius on a lot of that stuff, after I'd found out my ex-husband cheated, it was like, gosh, like really... I am like on like, again, I don't want my husband to cheat on me, but is there something to that manifestation of, and again, I'm not blaming myself, right? This is a neutral conversation, but it's like, wow. It's like, I could, if I wanted to use this as an example to prove to myself, to continue proving to myself, my five-year-old self, that I'm not good enough. So if you on a, a level don't feel worthy and you have some of the most important people in your life doing things that you interpret to mean that you're not good enough, right? And of course, like I said, I've had a lot of healing conversations with my dad and he's very been very much like, and I never felt like he didn't like love me on a conscious level. I think I just internalized what that meant, like him moving. And so then you get into, am I, do I keep seeking out people who can't hold it down, who don't show up for me, who might leave me, who like, you know, versus just seeking someone out who's just like, you know, solid. And and it's hard because I wouldn't be attracted to someone who was like overbearing and who was like on me all the time, right? I'm attracted to someone who's independent. I'm attracted to someone who does value autonomy, who has their own shit going on. But maybe the underbelly of that is like, they don't need you, you know? So it's like, I find myself like on a conscious level, I do find myself attracted to men who are more independent, who don't like smother me, who aren't like, I don't want to be someone's whole world, you know, but because of that, there might be a chance that they might cheat or they might go somewhere else. They might leave me, you know? So it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Mm. Is it like I was taught to, and I know this conversation is sort of like hard to sometimes to follow because on, because so much of this happens subconsciously. But I think if you're noticing patterns in the people that you choose, right? And that's the thing. It's like, if you start to notice patterns in the people that you choose, ask yourself, like, is there a seed story here? Mm. Is there some some scenario or something that happened with my dad 
that is in a heterosexual relationship that is that I keep seeking out that same lesson. I keep wanting to prove that, see, I'm not good enough or, you know, and, and prove to that small child that like, yeah, you aren't like, and so it's a weird feeling because I think all humans on some level don't feel good enough. And I think once you have that realization, you can maybe have the awareness of like, yes, am I choosing someone who could do this to me again? So I can just be right about my worth. Does that make sense? I know this oh, is like kind of a no, it makes total tough conversation sense. to follow. It makes total sense. I think there's a lot of um, like what you're saying, I don't think is made up. I think there's a lot of research behind this and a lot of uh, therapies that address this exact scenario that whether it's called seed story or origin story or whatever it is. Inner child work. Yeah. Yep. That we do tend to recreate patterns over and over until we like address them and change them and they will continue you know, they will continue to repeat themselves over and over and uh, until you find the lesson or until you do something different and you have to be uh, aware of them. But awareness isn't even enough. You know, there's plenty of times where I do something and I'm like, I am very aware this is my bullshit depression talking. I'm very aware that this is complete. Like, I know this is crazy and yet it's how I feel. And so awareness isn't enough to change a pattern. It's being aware and then having to consciously make different choices. And that's hard work. And it's not Dude, hypnotherapy, easy. <laughs> right? Like hypnotherapy yeah. is actually like you've had a couple of experiences with that. But if if it is some conscious like subconscious work, that's maybe where something like hypnotherapy could come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, working with someone who understands and can recognize patterns because we don't necessarily see them ourselves until they're pointed out. You know, they're like when I was working with Kelly at the beginning and she was kind of getting to where my ex-husband was like my dad. I was adamant that they were completely opposite for so many reasons like he he likes sports and he likes this and <laughs> my dad and like my dad knows how to you know build stuff and my husband doesn't and so many things I thought they were completely opposite and they were opposite in those things but foundationally they were the same dude and I was like oh my god I did not know and that there wasn't anything wrong with that it was just a big light bulb moment for me to recognize what like you said was I guess maybe the reason why he had the affair and maybe I partially had recreated that because my dad as well left. And how how did that show up for me? And how did I, like who I was almost maybe subconsciously expecting something like that to happen? Mm. There's just a, there's a lot of deep shit in this. Um, but our very first relationships that we that we see as kids for man-woman relationships or man-woman as a uh, identity is generally our mom and our dad. And so if we didn't have a dad, then who do we look to mm. to get examples of men? And if we didn't have a mom, who do we look to to get examples of women and how women, quote, should be and what are their roles? And so all of this is internalized at a young age, even pre-verbal. And we have a lot of ideas of how things are and how the world works just by our initial beginner caretakers, whoever they were, whether they were present or whether they were I don't want to say neglectful, but maybe neglectful if they weren't there. Maybe even if they were around, but they weren't present with you. Maybe, you know, today you have a parent who's there, but they're on their phone holding the baby, not paying attention. There's so much that goes into these little pre-verbal brains that we somehow start to recreate these patterns later on. And mm -hmm. it goes really fucking deep. I do love hypnotherapy for that because sometimes it's like these pieces you can't necessarily access with words because they were actually identities and ideas that were created before you even had words. Mm. 
Totally. Yeah. I mean, and I guess that also like an extension of this conversation is, do you feel, you kind of touched on it earlier, do you feel like you're your mom? Do you kind mm-hmm. of like feel like you're growing into or, because that's the thing is like we seek out the familiar. So we seek out as a partner, maybe we seek out someone who's like our opposite sex parent. And then that also begs the question of like, how do we start showing up? Do we start just like literally recreating without even knowing it, recreating our parents' relationship in certain ways? And like, you know, and I, I definitely find myself being like my mom very much. I mean, you've met my mom. Like, I feel like we're very similar in a lot of ways. And I'm like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I like how my mm-hmm. mom is, you know, I like, there's so many things about her that I really love and admire. So I'm, she's very hardworking, very independent, um, you know, just very like stoic, you know, in a way, but like loving and in a kind of goofy and things like that. And I definitely feel like, um, you know, I don't mind being like that, but I think because of that, then you might start, <laughs> recreating your parents relationship. (laughs) So true. Have you seen these memes? They're something like, I'm going to take my daughter on trips to like France and Italy and Spain. So your little Olive Garden date won't impress her. Like, (laughs) no, I haven't seen that. Yeah. So I've seen stuff like this. And it's maybe some of these entrepreneur pages, I follow these, you know, guys that are making a lot of money, but basically, and it's, I don't know if it'll work. We'll see what happens to their daughters when they grow up. But, you know, taking their daughter on extravagant experiences and giving them an experience, like giving them experiences at a young age so that they're not tempted to be with scrubs. And I'm like, that's cool, because I would imagine if you grew up a certain lifestyle traveling. I mean, I never traveled until I was grown, so we didn't have money and we weren't able to do that. But if my parents had provided me with that lifestyle, would I be with someone like my first husband, probably not because he didn't have a lot of money. And so like, I probably would have maybe even had my higher standards. So I think there's something to be said about that, how you're raised and how your dad treats you so that you have these expectations of how a man should treat you and you're not going to settle Imagine being a man though, like, right? Like imagine being a a dude and and being like trying to court a woman who's just like always comparing you to her dad. That's bad news bears. (laughs) I remember I dated this guy before my husband and we dated for three years and he was a mama's boy. And, Mm. you know, and I remember like almost being in competition with his mom. It was very strange to me because that wasn't like, I I felt like she was more in competition with me because she was, they were so close Mm. and I loved that they were close. You know, I loved that they had that relationship, but it was almost like felt a little bit like she was kind of forcing him to choose one or the other. And ultimately it obviously didn't work out. And I'm sure she's a great woman, but it was just like a weird, so I could understand, I get that side of it, what you're talking about, but I can also imagine like, I don't know, I don't want to be with a dude who's constantly being like, well, my mom does things this way. And I'd be like, that is fucking gross. Like, I'm like, (laughs) fine, go find your mom, right? Like, that's not sexy to me. And so, and I can understand, and I think this is a thing with men and dating is that there are women who are like daddy's girls who they're daddy's little princess. And now they're looking for someone and no one's good enough. God, that sucks. And it sucks for both of them, by the way. It doesn't just suck for the dude who's like trying to like, you know, court this woman, but it sucks for her because, you know, she can't see past this is a different person than my dad and how amazing this person could be, you know? So I don't know. To me, that's all kind of gross. It's such a good point. It's such a good point, too, because I'm thinking about this where like the dad is going to be in his 30s, 40s, you know, as the daughter grows up, 50s. And now they're dating and his daughter's dating some man in their 20s who's not going to be as successful as a 50 year old man he's starting out his life and how he's gonna how is he going to compete with with daddy but it's interesting I do wonder you know if it changes how you hold your standards up to somebody and maybe it's not about the money and the trips but it's about the ambition and where they want to go but 
there's a lot. I mean, it, it can hurt you or help you. And kind of at the beginning was, does it impact who you choose as a partner for better or for worse? And it's kind of like, yes, <laughs> it can be for better and for worse. Yep. Yeah. But it's always interesting to look at those things and be like, and have those moments of like, wow, yes, I actually am dating or married to a different version of my dad. And then you can go like, oh, am I cool with that? You know, am I cool with that? You know, and acknowledging the great things about your parents that you do love and you do appreciate, you know, now I look at and I'm like, yeah, I feel like I'm very much like my mom. And I'm like, I like that. She's Mm -hmm. she's She's a solid woman. You know, so I think yeah. you once you have the awareness, then you can go, okay, do I want to change things or is it just fine? Yeah, maybe I did marry my dad, but also that's fine with me. Yeah. yeah. And what are the parts maybe that I don't love and being able to figure out, you know, and dig into that a little bit. But yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a, bad, a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's just really an interesting conversation. And I think so much of this stuff happens before we even know it. <laughs> and then when yeah. you do know it, you're like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. I agree. I agree. Well, let us know about your daddy issues, y'all, uh, on, the hot, <laughs> on the hotline. I feel like we should have a hotline. We should have the Best Life hotline. Call us in on the hotline and leave us a note we and we'll should. play it on the show. I think there's a way to do that. I'm going to look it up. We'll have little uh, radio recordings. And that would be so a, cool. People can leave a message. Well, if you uh, have any insights on this episode, we would love to hear them. You can post in the Facebook group. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com and click on our Facebook group link. You'll be able to join right away and you can post anonymously or as yourself. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a review. I'd love to get a bunch in 2023. That would be the best present for me in 2023 is your review. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the deal. We got, we have a lot of listeners. I mean, like we see the download numbers Like we, there's a lot of y'all listening. Yeah. And not to shame you, but also a little bit, go and leave us a review. If you're a dedicated listener, it takes 30 seconds to write a couple sentences. We would absolutely love it. We love reading those. And it also is useful for other people looking for a podcast to listen to. Yeah, we'd appreciate that. Go. All right, y'all. See you on the next okay. one. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye.